0: Welcome into another episode of By Order of the Peaky Blinders. Once again, we are covering Gangs of London as we kind of treble our way through quarantine, middle of May. I'm Daniel. He's Josh. And if you're listening on our Patreon, we thank you again for being a valued Patreon member. Josh, there's a lot of stuff. I don't want to waste any time. Let's jump right into this episode directed by friend of the podcast Xavier Jeans. I, I thought it was it was tremendous, Josh. I, I'll take I'll let you take the floor here. I mean, I think our boy Xavier knocked it out of the park.
1: By far, I think you and I are in agreement that this was the best episode of the season. I mean, it had everything that you wanted. It had clarity, filling in a lot of plot, filling in a lot of holes, the plot webs. Um, it kind of reminded me of the question that I asked Xavier when I said, what is it like to kind of just pick up a show and, 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 and fill in the plot, the plot lines that you didn't start? Um, so if, if you guys want to listen to that interview, if you're listening to this episode right now, it's a great, it's a great insight into this episode and the ones that, that he has coming beyond. But this was violent. This was great acting, great directing. Just it had everything.
0: It was an episode that I think could have gone so many ways, right? Because when when you start an episode and it comes from two episodes ago, right? Because it's completely jumps over the bottle episode, which has very little to do with the Dumani and the Wallaces, even though it does on the, on the other track in terms of the Danish, but it doesn't have anything to do with Elliot being shot, Alex shooting the Danish assassin it's just, there, there were so many things that happened. It feels like forever ago, at least for us, because it was, you know, two weeks ago or so, when we watched that episode, episode four, which ended with such a cliffhanger of that whole family standing in front of the crack screen and and them showing me the previous Leon really helped in a show like this, where you've kind of like escaped that world for the bottle episode that took place in uh, in Evie's place. But now we've got like this random thief who gets thrown into the mix, who's the one that helped Elliot now he's looking over Elliot's house, so we add a new character. We're not sure what his intentions are. He doesn't necessarily look like a good guy, but at the same time, he seems kind of loyal. So we'll see what, what his you know extensions kind of throw out there. That's really all we have to talk about that guy. So I really want to jump into the, the, the part of this episode that really blew me away, Josh, because they could have spent all season one about the mystery of who killed Finn Wallace, in who's going after the Wallace's. And us, the viewers, we know that it's Jayvon, but nobody else in this scene, any of the scenes know, but instead they cut through the bullshit. Ed, to start the episode, attacks Javon, skips through it because in real life, you're going to get to the bottom of something like that way sooner than like six weeks or however long some seasons may last. So I like that they kind of didn't drag on that mystery he doesn't kill Javon and did you notice that he intentionally I'm talking about Ed used that last bullet to shoot the table so he knew he was never going to kill Javon so that was very interesting for them to throw in there
1: yeah I I did like how Ed didn't just lash out and kill him because he needs to know he needs to know what happened he needs to know a lot of things and we find out that Jay we find out that Ed knows that Javon did it we don't know how he knows which is something that I find interesting we don't know how he found out, which I hope they do fill that, fill that up because it wouldn't be realistic for him just to know if we didn't know at all.
0: I think, I think it's simple. I think they attacked while Ed and Alex were invited to the special event Ed decided these people are dangerous people and they didn't want these variables to be in the mix. If they, if they never tell us, I wouldn't be upset. And, and I hope my explanation here helps you and some listeners out who feel the same way because Ed is the smartest guy in the show. He is the brains of the operation. Finn was always the badass. He was the face. He was the hammer. But the brains were always Ed, as, as it's making us seem. And so as he's kind of putting the gears, who is this mystery guy, Javon, telling about all these important people to meet us? And at the same time, our buddies, our partners, are almost getting murdered here. It can't be Luan because Luan was there during that shootout. Then Ed meets up with Luann, and later finds out it definitely can't be Luann because he had this undercover or you know below the table deal going on with Finn. And so what we can do in this episode is really just two plot lines, right? It's the Dumanis and the Wallaces. So first, let's just tackle the Dumanis. So we've got Ed going to to Luann, making the finalizing the deal, saying we will have your 520 you know million dollars converted to you. My son will take care of it, and then our hands are clean. We're done with each other. Because I found out that you're in business with this dangerous Nigerian mogul, Mosey. And Ed says, very smart move by Ed, because he's not going to backtrack. He says, you can have this one building in our city. You got away with it. You made, it, you, you know, you made a very dirty deal with my partner. You killed all these you know, Algerian people. But after this building, no more. And watch out, because this Nigerian guy who pours cement on people to kill them does not fuck around, Josh and I like that from it.
1: Exactly. I I I do like that he's he, he he's playing chess while everyone's playing checkers. He's one step ahead of everybody. No matter what when everyone thinks that they're ahead of him, he he knows what they're up to and so I think that this this whole Nigerian plot is going to come full circle soon. Maybe maybe not this season because we're we're running out of episodes. We only have 3 more episodes after this one, but I think that eventually it's going to be a main player to this plot. Um which Which I like because I like new players. I like finding out you know they they sprinkled those bread those breadcrumbs earlier on the season so that we so that we can wait later on. It's going to be one of those where it's like previously on. and it's going to show us that that scene where where he's pouring cement on them like a year ago. you know what I mean? so um, i'm I'm excited for that. Ed Ed Ed's a genius. Ed Ed is just a genius. and then we also get the plot with Alex Zumati, where you know he's transferring the money and and poof, it it's gone. You know, that's, that's how the episode ends. And it's,
0: it's not something that I would say I expected, but upon hindsight, it makes so much sense. Because, I mean, you think about it, Josh, and it's, it's just the way of the world, right? When you're dealing with a criminal, if they can steal the money before you give it to them, then they can get upset. It's, it's like very drug cartel stuff, right? If you're about to right, give right. Pablo Escobar a million dollars, but he steals it in transit, I'm I'm pretty confident it's Luann, right? I mean, I don't know, or or Mosey. the two of them working together to steal that money. I don't know about you, but yeah, it's kind of my guess right off the bat. It makes too much
1: sense, right? I, I would I would think so, but this show has shown us that it's not very predictable at all. It so could be far. Asif,
0: could be Asif. It could there's be
1: it could be Asif, or it could be someone that we don't even know, like Lale. We, we don't know.
0: We haven't heard Lale in a while.
1: there's so many different players in the show, which makes it great. So many different gangs that. We, we really don't know. It could be some Albanian people. We don't know. It could be the Danish. Who, who knows? The Danish just want, they just want the money that
0: Floriana has access to. We don't know exactly how she has access to it. It must be something with the island and the boat. But that's what the Danish want. And that was a very quick scene. We can talk about that right now before we get into Alex's beginning to the episode. Because we've got Leif's mom taking care of Leif, was one of only, what, three people who escaped that, that murderous episode five, maybe just one of two people. And so Leif's mom is obviously some sort of like high up. I would just say it's like very Killing Eve esque, where it's like this older lady is running all of the Danish special forces. And so she's like green lighting everything. Clearly, they somehow found out about Floriana in the midst of it all with Javon wanting Finn dead. And the Danish decided, you know what, we're going to step in. We're going to take the money that has nothing to do with Javon. Javon just wants the Wallace's dead, but we can kind of run our own thing. So now we've got like two, a separation of two villains who were working together. But now I don't know if, if Javon's going to call upon the Danish again. It could just be a, a, spe- a separate plot for Leif. And, uh, and, and there could be a little bit of revenge now because of what, what Marion did at the end of the episode.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't know if they're going to be kind of their hitman anymore because they they kind of got discovered. When they kind they of botched discovered. it. Right, right. And now that Ed uh knows that uh that Javon's behind it and Javon was kind of, you know, orchestrating all that. I don't know if they're going to use the Danish as the hitman anymore, but the, but Leif has Floriana locked up in his basement, which is where that plot went, which is where I think his plot is going to go. He's going to be the one that kind of holds Floriana. So I think that's his plot line. That's that's his purpose in the show now. But we also meet his like grandmother or or mother or lover. I I don't. I think know. it's it his was, mom,
0: right? Because remember, he was like yelling. I made the joke about uh, wedding crashers because he was like he's like mom. I need some food or something like that. Remember in the first or second episode, and I made the meatloaf
1: yeah, joke. Yeah. So I think it is. Okay, his no, mom. you're right. You're right. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Ma, the meatloaf. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> okay. So I, go ahead. So. Floriana actually speaks. She seems like we kind of get a little more insight into into her character. You know she's Bimbo. very confident. Yeah, she's very confident. She's very smart. She's not scared at all. So it kind of like it kind of makes sense that she was you know in bed with with uh with the mogul Finn Wallace because she seems like she's a confident person and someone that you know wouldn't be scared of like the mogul that Finn Wallace is. So I'm 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 very interested to see more into this Floriana character. And I think and I and I have a bold prediction. Not really about the plot, but I think that the season's gonna end with us finding out a bomb, a bomb about Floriana.
0: Okay, I like it. She doesn't want her baby dead. She says, You can have the money as long as I see my baby is safe. Not sure if Leaf's gonna raise the baby or what. I don't, I mean, that's just a pure question mark. No reason to uh, have any conjecture there. Let's get to Alex, because Alex starts the episode here learning from his dad that his dad knows who did it because Alex wants to do all this investigating. He wants to find out, he goes, wait, maybe, you know, it's weird that we were having this meeting. And Ed goes, listen, we're in bed with some dangerous people. Our investors don't want these variables in the wallaces to be running around. So they killed Finn and they tried to kill Sean. And Alex is just dumbstruck. And I think, I think that's kind of like a, a character avatar, right? Do you think Alex is starting to become... That's someone I like to talk... I like to talk about whether there's kind of like one actor or character in a show that represents the audience. Because that's the big problem with Westworld, right? Because we, have, we can't relate to anyone because they're all robots except for one character. So in this show, I feel the most connected in terms of like a realistic, non-gang member person to Alex. So him learning about this and being so mad at his dad is the one scene where I'm like, yeah, like why the hell don't you go after these people? But his dad's like, relax. We're going to do this the smart way, not the emotional way.
1: Yeah. I mean, first of all, going back on your first point with Westworld, there's way more things wrong with <laughs> Westworld than just the fact that we can't relate to the characters. so once it. again, if you guys want to hop on my, my, my Westworld, I hate Westworld podcast, hit me up because I'm down to start it. <laughs> but uh, anyways, anyways, yeah, Alex kind of plays the, the character that's super smart, but also is like – he, he reminds me of a child. He's very childish in a way. He's very brash. He, he's kind of like, oh, like, I have the spotlight. They, you know, they, they, they trust me to do this. You know what? I, like, he's very, very brash about things because he doesn't want people to take it away from him. That's the way that I feel. I don't know if he's you agree. innocent.
0: No, I have it written but, down here because we do learn – Because Alex then, let's just draw out Alex. It's very quick. He ends up going to the safe house because Billy cannot resist. Oh, Billy, we'll have a little bit of time to roast Billy in a little bit. But Billy can't resist not having any smack. So he's like, I need my heroin. Alex, come. he come to the safe house. Alex comes to the safe house, learns about the woman who he thought he killed, which has to really be, you know, hanging him up there. like I just murdered someone, probably the first person he ever killed but she's not dead. She's being tortured. Alex freaks out. Sean freaks out. So we learned that Alex and Sean are kind of the new generation here. Neither of them are like their dads. They both want innocent, basically like they want to earn their money legally. They don't want any innocents to die. We see that later where they're talking about, we don't kill children. Sean's telling his mom, we don't kill children. You know, Marianne's basically, ruthless in this episode like we learn a lot about michelle Fairley's character and we're excited mm-hmm. about it i think me and you are thrilled that mm-hmm. michelle Fairley got some lines and she got some background to her character but then it ends of course with alex just totally freaking out because luann's money is stolen in what looked like a glitch
1: exactly does precisely the way that that, that this char- this episode full, uh, unfolded with with alex and and sean you know we had seen Sean be ruthless throughout the season. We, we had seen him be kind of brash and, you know, not thinking straight. And that was because I think because it was very soon that Finn died and he wasn't thinking straight at all. But now that he kind of, you know, is thinking straight, we see it in his eyes a lot of the times in this episode when Marion tells him she gives him those, those uh, tools to, 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 to torture the Danish woman. And yep. He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't even want to torture her. And then when he goes into the into her house and sees the son Felix, he 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 gets like scared. He's like, I don't want to shoot the kid. Although I don't know if you saw how he had the gun out. Like he he was thinking about it and then kind of like slowly put it back down. I was like, okay, no, I don't I don't kill children. So we see that 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 they are the two innocent kids. They are not like their fathers. We also find out that that the man who who Billy uh killed in that flashback with the bucket his head was just a poor was an innocent by was an innocent man he wasn't a gang member he he wasn't anyone that crossed finn or anything no it was he was just an innocent man in a bar no he he slept with marion oh no 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 i know i know i meant i meant like no oh, i know i'm like saying he's innocent like, yeah yeah i just wanted to put that because
0: that they what they did is they kind of left that up to interpretation but it was right, almost right, like right right it was like mom He was just a guy at a bar that you were right. with one night and you told dad and you knew what you were you know, doing you you you're you're always acting like the victim, but you right. are the person who puts things in motion with our dad. So that's a huge scene we can get to at the end. But I, before we jump into what is the the A plot, let's get a little bit of you know, we had five minutes of a C plot here where Vic, the worst handler in the entire world, meets up with Elliot for five minutes, sees he's shot, hasn't speak to him in in days, cl- clearly worried lets him go and, and, you know, continue with his adventure, even though he needs psych help, he needs medical help. He needs all kinds of help. He's clearly in over his head. He's in love with Shannon. Vic doesn't notice it. Trusts him to go to Sean's safe house and try to get the bigger fish. And you know what? It's pretty clear here. And I liked, I liked this a lot, Josh. I told you in the first episode, I hated the undercover trope. It's just so overused you know, we fall in love with this character and then all of a sudden we find out he's a cop. And we know he's going to, you know, get in bed with some of the Wallaces or whatever, the Dumanis. But I liked that Elliot is trying to go for the bigger fish where he's like, Vic, this is way bigger than we thought. It's not really about the Wallaces anymore. We're talking about Danish assassins, undercover waitresses. He doesn't even know about the massive explosions and all the shit that happened at Evie's house in the previous episode. So he's clearly wanting to save the wallaces, right? By saying, "You know what? Forget about them. They're they're small fish. Let's go after the big fish." I did like that scene.
1: I did as well and I, and I and I like how how this is kind of carried out the whole undercover trope. I think that he actually likes working for the wallaces to, a, to to a point where he's deep. He's so in deep where it's not really, you know, part of the job anymore. He is falling in love with uh Shannon Dumadi and um, he finds out, I mean, something that we left out when they, when him and Sean were in, in the house, were, were in the Danish waitress's house, they saw all the photos when they were, when they were kind of, you know, stalking them, kind of yeah, lots who, of photos who, and there was photos of Vic and Elliot. And so they know that Elliot Wait, and was there, there was a Remember, he kind of covered it up. I don't know if you saw that. He, there were oh, two I photos don't know if I did. He sees and he covers the magazine over it so that, so that Sean wouldn't see that There was, there was the handler.
0: Oh, of course we know that because remember Vic was texting Floriana, right? Sorry, I did notice that it, it connected because it's the Danish who are, that snuck into Vic's house and put the knife on her right. cheek.
1: Yeah, Right. And and so that, come, that comes full circle even more. Now Elliot even knows because Vic didn't kind of tell that to Elliot. Because I think that would have kind of, you know, made him act scared. And so he kind of knows now and he hides that from Sean. So that's a good thing Sean didn't see that. I do think that eventually, I don't know when, maybe not this season, but the Wallaces are gonna find out about Elliot, and it's gonna be bad. It's it it can't go on so long where he he's kind of you know going under the radar, but he's doing a great job. He's gained their trust. He's fully trusted by Sean. Sean loves him. He has dinner with them. It was it was interesting, and so that plot is kind of carrying out in a very yeah. very nice way.
0: Philly's like, it's nice to have you at the table, but Marion. Yeah. Something's going on with Marion. She is very suspicious of Elliot. Did you notice that mm-hmm. Elliot like kept I think he kept turning around because I think he was hearing yes. the Danish woman screaming or something and Marion kept like snapping him back into focus. And hold on, I've got the name here of the Danish woman. It's Tove Fransen. And she is an absolute warrior. Okay, let's yeah, get geez. let's get to her because I I couldn't I couldn't tell you enough how obsessed I was with the directorial and cinematic approach that Xavier Jeans and everyone involved took with this episode, Flannery and Evans, starting it with, you know, going into the the, girl, the little girl's room downstairs. We have no idea, right? You had no idea where we were at this point. This old, you know, 60s American song is playing and you have, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you what was about to happen, right? Did you have any idea what was happening while we were slowly panning through the little girl's room
1: before we got upstairs to Billy making cake? I thought it was Luan's house because we had kind of got a glimpse into Luan's house and he had a bunch of kids and it was that, that same like modern white uh, uh, furnished kind of new look house and so I thought I didn't know it was like a, it was like a, a safe house. I thought it was Luan's house and everything was and there was blood there was like splatters of blood everywhere and so I had no idea what was going on and oh, it was incredible. Just the, the, the way that they were torturing Tove, I guess is her name, the way that they were torturing her, they would put like shards of glass beneath her feet and they would raise her and lower her so that no matter what, even when she was hanging in the air, she was getting her feet cut up. And that's just probably the most, bru- like, I mean, apparently like, the skin on your feet and your toes are the most sensitive part of your body. I actually learned that because I once had a procedure, on, on, like a biopsy off my toe. And the doctor told me that like your feet are the most sensitive skin, part of skin on your body. So that kind of made sense that why they were torturing they were torturing themselves that way. And then the pliers taking out teeth. And it was, it was brutal. And you hear the shrieks and the screams, and it was awful.
0: I, I really liked that Marion explained that she was basically taking out her anger at Finn. You know what I mean? She's saying, listen, trust me, I hated my husband. If he was here, I would take his eye out right now, but he's not. So I'm going to have to take out yours. So like that kind of like, she wasn't... Mm-hmm absolutely like she knew that this woman was not going to talk and later i think billy says it to you know sean or sean says it to billy they're talking to each other saying mom knows that this woman's not going to talk she's special forces they learn you know that she's danish special forces because Mm. elliot's a genius and decides that you know what this is her dog we can get it reverse microchipped and find out where she lives which is so smart so smart but he bought, he blows it. I think, he, I think this blows it in my mind. He gives away that he's a cop. I'm pretty sure that, that Sean mm. knows now, right? Because what did Why? he say? He said DCI Finch or something, right? When they got into the car. Because if you're a gang member, Josh, you're not going to say you're a cop. You're just going to grab the kid, right? You're just going to grab the kid. That's just what you do when you're a gang member. If you're so savvy as to pretend you're a cop, right? Like you're in this levels. Where if you're in the code that we are peaky blinders, we are members of the Wallace gang, we're not gonna pretend like we're cops. That's so below us. That's like, you know what I mean? That's like mm. that's like a I disagree.
1: I disagree. That's but, just my take. That's no, my it's take. It's not it's not a it's not a bad take, but I don't think I don't think that I don't think that Sean caught on in that way. I think so that why did was, he
0: say when they got I to think, the car, why he's like, all right, you first DCI. DCI means, you know, like. I uh, think that it was
1: just kind of like ironic that it's like, he's like messing around with him, but he's uh, like, like, like what he really said is the truth. So, I mean, you could be right. You could be right because Sean is very good at playing poker face as we learned in this, in this, uh, in this show. So, so you could be right. But I think that that was just Elliot thinking on his feet on how to tell this kid, you know, this kid's mom is missing so that how else would he t- who else would be okay. in the house i think understand.
0: i think you i think you're right then because i just looked up what dci means uh-huh. and it means detective chief inspector who usually yes, heads the murder investigations and stuff so right, maybe he right. was just playing around um that would be two weeks and and two you know wrong takes for me after i thought that javon was asif's son which we don't know maybe maybe a Hail mary it's like his youngest son but mm-hmm. whatever i was wrong about that but let's get to it billy kind of blows it all up all right Obviously, oh we've got the cakes and everything, but he confronts Sean about this man that he had to kill when they were, you know, kids, and saying, "I'm always cleaning up after you, basically. I had to kill this innocent person. Ask your ask mom to see who he was, who later we found out that, you know, it was this innocent guy at a bar. But Billy tells Alex where they are. Then he gets super high, okay? And as someone who, you know, medicinally has smoked marijuana before. Have you ever just been in that haze where you're just like, you are, you're a bystander watching yourself walk around the house? And I think that's, I could feel Billy. like I mean, obviously, I've never touched anything strong like that, so I have no idea. And anytime I watch someone in Peaky Blinders or this show, like, shoot themselves up, it makes me want to do drugs less and less. Because I know Dude, it's just the
1: worst thing ever, right? I, this reminds me of when I watched Breaking Bad and I would watch them shoot up, and I, and I already hate, I, I, I'm a big, big, big scary cat with needles, man, like, I have a problem (laughs) with needles, when, like, like, in, like, giving blood, I'm with you, and when I watch it in a show, I just kind of, like, I shrivel up, and I get queasy, and I was, whenever I watch Billy, like, whenever I watch, like, heroin addicts in a show, kind of wrap that rubber band around their, around their, their arm to expose their vein, it just makes me so queasy, it's, like, why would you want to do this, and, and I don't know if you noticed this, but at first he was. This was great cinematography, by uh, by 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 Johns and everyone else. When when he's baking the cake and they kind of pan in over the spoon yeah. and the brown sugar being heated up. Yep. I, and I was like, I noticed it. I was, I was like, is that heroin? I'm like, no, that's brown sugar. And then later on, they do the same exact thing where he's cooking the heroin, um, and so that was just really well done and just super, super, super good uh, insight, kind of like a theme into Billy's life.
0: Maybe our, um, our more experienced listeners can, can hit me up with some information. Can you make a heroin edible? I was thinking that. I'm like, what is? I thought you have to shoot it into your system. If he just pours heroin into his cake batter, and then makes a cake, and then I'm like, "Is his dog super high right now because he fed the cake to his dog?" There was all this stuff going through my head, thinking about yeah, the heroin. It's, it's um, messed up.
1: I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of that trope, like you know, the loser brother who's the failure. Who's yeah, the I thought he was gone. I was almost
0: ready for Billy to die. I don't know about you. When she She's put like, the knife, night- yeah, I, it was so red. I mean, and I'll tell you what: if I ever have to torture someone, I'm not going to put shards of glass under their feet because I was thinking right away, Josh. Right when I saw it, I said, "Can't she just?" pick it up with her foot and then like throw it up to her hand. I was thinking that. And instead she uses like flexibility
1: to get her foot up to
0: her hand and take it. But I was thinking well, it
1: right she, away. I, I couldn't tell if she was trying to like cut, she was like trying to amputate her hand so that she can yeah. get off. At first I so thought she was, she, was she was just committing thing. suicide. So did I. So did I. And then, and, then, but I can't tell she did. never, it never actually cut her hand off. I think, I think, I think the rope just kind of got so tight. Yeah, but how did she mystery. get her other hand? She must have done it with both hands,
0: right? Because she got down. So what well, happened is I think she got the shard she, of glass. But I'm saying she we saw it with her left hand, right? She's up there, she right. cuts it off, she gets her left hand out, but then she has to kind of put it back up to pretend. But then I guess she yeah. did it again with her right hand. But I think what she did is she cut off a little bit of the skin, yeah. so that That's it's slippery. Think too. So it's slippery That's and what I think so too. it looks so painful. She did such so... a phenomenal job acting that because I felt yep. the pain of Tove, and so obviously. I can't believe she told Billy. I mean, I, I thought there was no reason for that, but I guess she did it anyways. Then she grabbed him, puts him the, you know, the knife up to his or the, the shard up to his neck. And we've got ourselves a good old, you know, Mexican standoff here. And, and
1: I had no idea what was going to happen. Josh, did well, you have any clue that Marion was going to go complete wild west? Well, we didn't know that Marion was such a sharpshooter and such an assassin. And such or a, maybe, such a, such or maybe she just
0: guessed. Like maybe it's she's just, not a sharpshooter
1: yeah. and she didn't care. It's just funny if we kind of did like a, if we added like five minutes to our, our first like five, four or five episodes to each, to each one and we, and we talked about Marion Wallace differently than, than, than we had. And we said, why doesn't she talk? Does she ever speak? Does she have any role in this show? And then now we find out that she has arguably the biggest role in the show right now and she's batshit crazy and she fucking talks.
0: And so it's funny because we asked Xavier in our interview, which is available on our Apple podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, all the, the public podcasts. We talked to him maybe three weeks ago, right, when this was about to launch, and we asked him about working with Michelle Fairley, right? And in my eyes, I don't know why, but I just had this vision that she was going to be only in a few episodes, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, she's such a big name, and she wasn't the face of the program. So it's like, just like Ned Stark in Game of Thrones, maybe she was going to go early. So I didn't know if Xavier was going to work with her. And he kind of kept it on the DL. He didn't say too much about Michelle Fairley but he is going to be in her biggest episodes. Cause I think Xavier Johns has the next six, seven, eight. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, I'm stoked to see what seven's about. I, I kind of like that. There is no next week on, at least for the way that we're watching here in uh, America. Uh,
1: yeah, me too. Me too.
0: So me we too, have, there's yeah. no clue what's going to happen next. You know, we get to the part where the episode ends Luann money's stolen and Sean says something. Okay. And I got to remember exactly what he says. But he's kind of like enough right he says enough three times and the episode ends what is he saying enough about is he saying enough of the bullshit alex i need to talk to you about the other thing or is he like this is all enough i'm done with this kind of like i I don't know
1: like he did i think think the latter i think i think he's really fed fed up and there's something that we're that we're also leaving out with with tov with the scene with Tove sean and Marion is that is when Tove says, your, mo- your mother would never let that happen. When she says, oh, I'll, I'll return you to your boys. And he goes, right. well, she- she's not in charge. And, and she so was so Ma- happy. Yeah. And when and when Marion shoots, no, well, Marion's not happy. See, I had two interpretations of no, that no, scene. No, no. You go no, first. You no, go first. I disagree. You go first. That she's livid. She's like, who the fuck do you think you are to tell me that I can't run my own family? I'm your mother. I've raised you kind of thing. And then when she shoots Tove, yeah, she, When she shoots Tove, she kind of stares down Sean and says, what was that again? Like, who, who, who the fuck do you think is not in charge? I'm in charge. You can't do that. I can Like, re- remember where you came from kind of thing. That's just my take.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good one. And we could end it on, on my opinion here because the way that I took those scenes, and, and you're right in where Sean said, I'm in charge now. Marion immediately ran upstairs and pressed the music, remember, and Sean had right, to go chase right. after her. So she was upset. But I think on the inside, because this this season starts with there being this lack of a power in the Wallace family without the patriarch. So Marion is consistently trying to tell Sean, it's your turn to step up. You need to step up. And in this episode, Marion says to Sean, put your fucking big boy pants on. Help me torture this woman in as many words. And you need to take the leadership, right? She says it like straightforward. We need you to be the head of this family, we need you to be in charge. She says it to him. So I think when he says it, she's like a little bit on the inside. Maybe not, maybe she's thinking, hey, this is not the moment, but I want you to show this authority.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's it's going to be interesting to see next episode if she's, you know, upset at him, if she still says, if she still acts like, you know, caring towards towards him or kind of like, like is mad at him. So I think that that's something that we're going to expose to in the, in the, in the coming weeks, in the coming episodes. But just so much happened in this episode, and it was intense, violent, gory, just, I, I, I was shocked with, with, with all the torturing, I wasn't expecting that, but we kind of get insight into a lot of different characters, and we get a lot of plot lines developing, and it's really taking us to the end of the season, and I'm loving it, and this, I mean, this, this podcast that we just did right now is one of our longest ones, because there's just so much to unpack, and
0: I didn't even take that many notes. I just kind of got like a couple lines for each big scene. And me and you had so much excitement to talk about these scenes. Every scene, here's here's a big one. This was the only episode of the season, in my opinion, where every scene was riveting, no matter what I mean, it was. Every right. single yeah, scene. I agree. And that's peak TV. Like mm-hmm. we're talking seasons three through five Game of Thrones, where it's like every scene you're obsessed with. And so this show is so different than Game of Thrones, right? Obviously, it's nothing like it. It's a gang drama. It's, you know, set in modern times. But the way that it draws you in, 22 minutes in, I paused it, and I thought that 22 minutes just made a phenomenal episode. And then there were still 33 minutes left.
1: Yeah, no, it was, it just, every 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 angle, every turn, every word, every scene was just phenomenal. We got hats off to Xavier John's. I have no doubt that he's gonna, you know, outdo himself in episode seven and eight. So I'm very I'm very much so looking forward to those.
0: And I'm thinking maybe when when we're done with this we just reach out to him again and have a follow-up interview with all spoilers. Down. I would right? I'd be
1: down. And if and if you guys are down too, let us know because we're also open to any feedback you guys have.
0: Yeah. Any questions that you want us to ask him or maybe just want to ask us about this show, go ahead and comment or email us at B O O T t blinders at gmail.com. I want to give a big shout out to all of our new patrons welcome in patrons on patreon welcome in and uh thank you guys so much for just enjoying the entertainment that we are so happy to bring you in this crazy time and if you're listening in like 2022 hey remember the quarantine that was that was fun uh thanks so much (laughs) for listening that's episode six we'll have episode seven for you josh i kind of want to watch really soon so maybe we'll be able to record in a couple days now as we wrap this one up. Peace, Josh. I'm Daniel. We binge, so you don't have to.